But I want to go into 1 Peter 5.10 again, and I want to read it from just a couple different versions. A lot of people said to me this past week, they were talking about suffering. And when you suffer, you listen, when you're in this walk with God, you're going to suffer. Guess what? As long as you're living on this earth, you're going to suffer. I would rather suffer for something that's worth something in the end than rather to suffer for destruction in the end. Okay? You see what I'm saying? I'd rather walk with God than walk with the devil. I'd rather God be in my house than the devil be in my house. I'd rather God be in my life than the devil be in my life. You see what I'm saying? There ain't no straddling the fence with this thing. You're either going to be one or the other. So you might as well just get on the hot side, the victory side, and say, come on, devil, here we go again. I'm fixing to kick your teeth down your throat one more time today. First Peter chapter number 5 in the NIV says this, And the God of all grace, who called you by his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. It is a difficult transformation time coming out of darkness into light. God moved on the waters and nothing happened. But God spoke and light appeared. God moved and nothing happened, but then God spoke and light appeared. This is God speaking right here. 66 books, 32 authors. This is God speaking here. 1 Peter 5 says, God himself will restore you. Now in the Amplified, it says this, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. Establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. I know that some of you are going through a transformation in your life right now. Listen, it is going to get easier. It will get easier. Okay? First thing is this. You are walking out of the world of darkness and you are stepping into the world of light. The light is beginning to illuminate things in your life that aren't so pretty. The light is beginning to show things to you that you never dreamed would come to the top or to the surface. There are things that you have buried from your past that you have kept pushing down and kept pushing down, but you see, it is eventually going to come up. And you are in a very, very tough time right now because you are transforming from one world to another. Keep transforming and keep walking. There's nothing back there for me. Hello? There's nothing back there for you. You're trying to walk away from it. Keep walking. It hurts, Brother Tracy. Keep walking. It's lonely. Keep walking. One of the key ingredients to Brother Dennis's conversion was this, and I've heard him say it many times. He said, I isolated myself from everybody. Sometimes you have to just be by yourself for a while. Sometimes the only one that you're going to have companionship with is me, myself, and I, and none of us like that. I had an English teacher one time that whenever we had a picnic or a party, we can never play music. We can never have any type of electronic media in our parties. 
And we're like, why? And she said, because I want you to learn how to think. I want you to learn how to communicate with each other. She said, we turn music on so we don't have to talk. That makes a lot of sense sometimes. We turn music on so we don't have to learn how to communicate with each other. Sometimes you are going to be by yourself. And when you're by yourself and you're lonely, listen, it is a time of suffering. That's what 1 Peter 5.10 is saying. But Jesus himself will complete and make us what we ought to be. There will be times of loneliness. Guess what? Jesus was lonely. There will be times when we will be by ourselves. Guess what? Jesus was by himself at times. There will be times when it feels like we are the only one that has ever gone through this. No. Read Hebrews chapter number 11. There are people that have walked the road before us. There are people that have come out of the world of darkness and now are standing in light. You can make it. Look at at your neighbor point at him and say you can make it that's right you can make this thing first peter in the new living says this in his kindness god called you listen to this god called you to share his eternal glory i have been called you have been called you have been called you have been called to share with the eternal glory that god has this is called delayed gratification our problem is we like microwave relationship. You want popcorn, you throw it in the microwave, and you hit the popcorn button. We like banking. We like drive throughs We like microwave. We like instant chocolate milk. You with me? We like everything right here and right now. But there is eternal glory that is coming our way by everything that Jesus Christ did on the cross. So it says this, New Living Translation, 1 Peter 5.10. In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory. I have not been called to destruction. You have not been called to destruction. We have not been called to live in addictions. We have not been called to live defeated. We have not been called to live in a life that is full of sin and blur and mess and debauchery and all of that. We have been called to share in the eternal glory that is coming our way. And you know what? That should be enough to keep you going. When that line gets in front of you, you know what? I'm not going to do it today because there's something bigger down the road for me. When that piece of crack gets in front of you, I'm not going to smoke it today because there's something bigger down the road for me. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what the preacher says? There's something bigger down the road and God has called you to it or you wouldn't be sitting in this church today. You wouldn't be hungry for a move of God in your life. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, strengthen you, and place you on a firm foundation. The Living Bible. After you have suffered a little while, our God, who is full of kindness through Christ, will give you His eternal glory. He personally will come and pick you up and set you firmly in place and make you stronger than ever. You keep walking away from it. The further you get away from it, the smaller it gets in the rearview mirror. And that can be with addictions, that can be with lifestyles, that can be with hurts from the past, that can be with everything. The further you go and you keep walking with God, God will restore you. He will bring you into a place. So you get in the picture here, you will be stronger than ever. And last one in the English version says this, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who calls you to share his eternal glory in union with Christ will himself perfect you and give you firmness, strength, and a sure foundation. 34 days ain't nothing to just throw away. 
40 days ain't nothing to just throw away. 11 years ain't nothing to throw away. You're on the journey. Keep moving with the journey. Keep on walking with the journey. But it's hard. Suck it up and keep on walking. That felt good. Suck it up and keep on walking. But you don't understand. I understand that the God of all grace and He has called you to an eternal weight of glory that's down the road. It is so much better than a high on this earth. It is so much better than living in sin. It is so much better than throwing away a clean track record. It is so much better than anything in this world. And I'm telling you, God is going to help you. He is going to perfect you. He's going to strengthen you and make you what you ought to be. But it's hard, Brother Tracy. I know it's hard, but you're being birthed. I know it's hard, but you're being transformed. You're being renewed. You're being cleaned up. My God, it's like walking into an automatic car wash and just letting the brushless just beat the fire out of you. God's scrubbing us up. And God is cleaning us up. And God is making us what we not what we want to be, but what we need to be. God is making you what you need to be. If any man follow me, what do he say? First of all, let him do what? Now, I'll preach on this one. I won't start on this one today. Let him what? Deny his neighbor. Well, I'll live for you, God, but don't ask me to go to church. Well, you weren't expecting this one today. I'll live for you, Lord, but don't ask me to not be drug-free. Don't ask me to not drop the alcohol. Don't ask me to do If any man follow me, let him deny himself first. You have to deny yourself. You have to die out to your feelings, to your thoughts, to your emotions, to your addictions, to everything there is about you. Let him deny himself, pick up his cross. I got to carry something in this? Yeah, you got to carry your old rotten self and you got to drag yourself to the cross and say, you know what, Lord, I cannot do this by myself. I need your help. I need you walking with me. I need you talking with me. I need you to help me every step of the way. And guess what? He's going to, he said, you shall receive what? You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses. You know what's an awesome witness? is when you've been clean 18 years. When you've been clean 11 years. When you've been clean 25 years. When you walk through this world and you never touched it, that's an awesome witness. Why? You're going to get power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He said, I will help you. And then you're going to be a witness. Because people are going to say, how did you do this? How did you kick this? How did you change this? How did you stop being so selfish and self-gratifying and move into the relationship with God that you have? What is going on? You you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So we're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the eternal weight of glory that is coming that we are going to share with him. And the devil is going to fight you every step of the way. Hello. He doesn't want you in church. He doesn't want you hanging around the preacher. He doesn't want you in Bible study. He wants you all to himself. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. Are you with me today? That's what the devil wants to do. But I have news for the devil. Paul said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You can whip the devil. You can whip your addiction. You can whip sin. Just keep walking with the Lord. Well, glory. The devil's going to fight you. Now, when you try to do something on your own, all right, you're going to fail. I, by myself, am no match for the devil, all right? And you say, well, you're talking pretty tall up here today, Buford, about the devil. Yeah. You know why? Because I know that with God, I can whip him. You keep walking with the Lord, you'll start talking and walking like Buford, too. Because you get an addiction under your belt, and you can, when the next one comes, you say, hey, wait, wait on here, boy. I whipped you here, and I'm going to whip you here now. 
And then you get that one under your belt. I whipped you here, and I'll whip you here. I saw a picture yesterday at the mall. It was a 1966 fight between Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston. It lasted one round, one minute. And Liston's on the canvas, and Ali's standing over him. And you know what Ali's saying to him? He's talking. You know, Ali never could keep his mouth shut. But he was standing over him, and I could hear him saying, I told you I was the greatest. I told you not to mess with me. I could hear him saying it. You knock your addiction down, and you can stand over him and say, I told you not to mess with me. Devil, I told you not to come, try to come in my family. I told you not to try to come in my house. Listen, you get enough of victories behind you. you got the belt on you. You're the heavyweight champ of the world for Jesus. I told you not to mess with me, boy. I am the greatest. I will always be the greatest. And listen, you are losing. You are on the canvas. In yourself, in myself, we will fail. But with God and the power of the Holy Ghost, we will be victorious. I want you to look at Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 1. One of the things the devil is going to hit you with is a big word that begins with a C. It's called condemnation. When you fail God, the devil's going to remind you of it. But just remember, that's just that round. The difference in Muhammad Ali and other uh, fighters was this. He got up one more time. The difference in Babe Ruth and a lot of batters was he went to the plate one more time. He might have been 0 for 3, but when he walked up to the plate the fourth time, he just point out there and say, it's going right out there this time. You see what happens? When the buzzer's getting ready to go off, Michael Jordan's going to take a shot because you got a 50% chance it's going in. That's the difference in champions and just ordinary players. You get back up and you fight one more round. You go to the plate when you're 0 for 3 one more time. You go and you do one more shot at the buzzer one more time. The devil knocks you down, you get back up. You hear me? Your devil knocks you down, you get back up. You trip and fall, the devil knocks you down, you get back up. But the devil's going to start playing in your head. He's going to start playing in your mind, and he's going to try to condemn you. But the Bible says, thank God for the Bible. Isn't that wonderful? There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. He's going to throw condemnation at you, but there's no condemnation that can stick. You know what you got to be? A Teflon Christian. When the devil throws an accusation at you, it ain't going to stick, big. Sorry about your luck. It ain't going to stick. Condemnation is not going to stick. Do not receive condemnation when you have a setback or a bad day. Will you ever have a bad day? Oh, yes. Let me sing. I can sing. Well, you're going to have a setback. You're going to have setbacks. You just get up, dust yourself off, and start all over again. You hear me? I don't know if I can do that. Why Why not? You got your whole life. You might as well. What else are you doing? Get up and start all over again. Because you know what? When you keep getting up and you get knocked down, and you keep getting up and you get knocked down, you keep getting up, what's going to happen eventually? Sooner or later, you're going to become a heavyweight champion of the world and say, I told you, I told you what was going to happen to you, devil. Verse number two says this, and because you belong to him. Look at your neighbor and say, I belong to Jesus. Look at your other neighbor and say, Jesus is mine. 
And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, you will be set free. Notice I did not say you might be. I said you will be set free from the law of sin that now controls you. But now you can have the Holy Ghost, and if you don't let it work in your life, then it ain't going to do nothing. You've got to let it work. I could go, I've got a shed in my backyard, and I could go out and I could go to Lowe's or Home Depot and I could buy me $100,000 worth of tools and I could put them in my shed, but that doesn't make me a carpenter. See what I'm saying? I got the tools, but until I use them, I'm just a tool collector. You can have the Holy Ghost in your life and it'll be there, but until you decide I'm going to let my sinful nature die and Christ in me become what he wants me to be. Here we go back to gardening. What am I putting in my garden? Am I putting the works of the spirit? Or am I putting the works of the flesh? What am I planting in my garden? Just because I have a garden doesn't mean it's the right garden. Some of us have had gardens in our basements. It's amazing. Just because you have a garden doesn't mean it's the right garden. You hear what I'm saying? Just because I have the Holy spoken tongues a year or two ago, you know what? It is a renewing process. I have to keep it stirred up all the time. Because if I don't keep it stirred up, the devil's going to throw junk in my life. He's going to take my nature that is very base and, you know, in my what? In my flesh dwells no good thing. He will take what's in my flesh and if I start fertilizing what's in my flesh, then what's in my flesh is going to grow. If I give it power to sin, my body and my spirit will sin. Are you hearing me? But when you get the Holy Ghost in you and it is working in you, it will free you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now I want you to look at verse number 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. It is so much easier for me to lie than it is for me to tell the truth. If I let my old nature do what it wants to do, it's much easier for me to do the wrong thing than it is the right thing. So as long as I let that sinful nature there, it is going to produce sinful fruit. But God did what the law could not do. He sent His Son like the body we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, And He did so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow. Now look at this. We no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit of God. Paul said, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. But then he said, there's a law that wants to work against me, and that law is the things that I don't want to do, I do them. What's he telling me? He's still in the fight. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do those. It will be a struggle for you to live for God. But once you get through this transforming process, it will get better. I don't think that uh, some of us in here who are addicted to heroin and cocaine have to worry about heroin and cocaine tomorrow, do we? No. Those of us who were addicted to lying, we don't have to worry about being addicted to lying. You see, this is a journey. You're never getting to the destination until you get to His glory. 
Follow me. It's a journey. One step at a time. One day at a time. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's hard. You know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Some of you are laughing. I like to see you try to eat an elephant one time. One bite. You can't do it. But you can eat him one bite at a time. It might take you a month or two. But that's how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. And listen to this. How are you going to get victory over your sinful life? How are you going to get victory over the things in your life that you're not satisfied with and you know God is not satisfied with? One step at a time. Get that steak knife out and start cutting those toenails off that elephant. Hallelujah. We start with the toenails and go up from there. Praise God. That ought to make you not want lunch for a while. Now look at verse number 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. What's your mind been thinking this week? If you are dominated by the sinful nature, we think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. It is so exciting to watch someone transform from darkness to light. And to see their thinking go from how I've got to lie to get out of this mess and how I've got already in my mind, my mind, I've already planned my next road trip and I'm already figuring out how I'm going to get it done. But you know what? When your mind is controlled by the Holy Ghost, you have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You have contentment in your mind. You have peace. You have mercy. You say, oh, Brother Tracy, you're talking to me because I've been thinking about sinful things. But let me ask you this. Is Is it getting easier now that you're a day away from it? Is it getting easier that you're two weeks away from it? Is it getting easier that you're 34 days away from it? Is it getting easier and easier? Why? Because you're pulling away from the gravity that sin has. You know, when the space shuttle enters into space, it is traveling at 28,000 miles an hour. That's kind of fast. 28,000 miles an hour. You know why it has to go that fast? Because it has to break the resistance that's trying to pull it back called gravity. You know what you're on? You're on Jesus' space shuttle. And He's got you on there and you're getting faster and faster every day. You're getting further and further from the pull of sin. If you just hang on, there will be that split second where you will leave Earth's atmosphere and you will be in space. And no more gravity. But I tell you who's not happy. It's the devil. Good. We hate him. We don't like him. He's not a welcome here. If he comes, we'll kick him out. Hallelujah. So when you're dominated by your sinful nature, you think about sinful things. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. You let your mind, your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You want life and peace? Get Let God start doing your thinking in here. You know what? I don't know how to do that. Yes, you do, because when you get ready to do that sin, there's that little voice over here saying, I don't think so. And there's this one saying, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I don't know, Brother Trey. Yes, you do know. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Look at your neighbor and shake your head and say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile toward God. 
But you really feel worse when you get around somebody who's lived for God because that darkness inside is trying to get away from that light inside of them. Are you hearing me? He prayed about it this morning. The light will expose the darkness. The light will expose darkness in our lives. And when you come underneath of God's spotlight, He's going to start to show things in our life that shouldn't be there, and it's going to be holy smokes. I didn't realize any of that was going on. It's always amazing how people who fall off the wagon never want anybody to know about it. You know what? If you're ashamed of it, quit doing it. Hello! Wow! If you're ashamed of it, quit doing it. You know why? Because you haven't submitted. You have to submit to God. You have to submit your will, your mind, everything that you have to God in order to get victorious over that. Because verse 7 says that the sinful nature is always, always, always. Everybody look at somebody and say, always. It's always hostile toward God. My sinful nature doesn't like God. My sinful nature does not like God. My flesh does not like God because my sinful nature is hostile toward God. Now look what else it says. It never obeyed God's laws and it never will. Wow. It never obeyed before and it's never going to do it. Verse 8. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. You know, this is where I've been wanting to preach for the last 45 minutes. If you are under your sinful nature, you cannot please God. Can't do her. Look at your neighbor and say, can't do her. You can't get her done. Got her did. Can't do either one. If we are walking in our natural nature, we will not please God because our natural nature is at war with God. That's why God had to come into my life and reborn, rebirth, renew my spirit. Because my spirit is living in my flesh. And in my flesh there's nothing good. So God had to come and redeem my spirit inside of my flesh. Verse number 9 says this. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you. Wow. Now if you look in the King James it says. If so be that the spirit of God, very spirit of Christ dwell. That word dwells in the King James. Is that right? Dwell. You know what that word means in the Greek? Now you know the New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. That word dwell means to be in operation. If the Spirit is not operating in your life, dude, you're in trouble. You're just like a man who's never been born again because the Spirit's not working. But when you let it operate in your life, something is going to start to happen. Fruit is going to take place. You know, it's just going to happen. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Can it get much plainer? And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life right with God. That's what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost in your life begins to make you right with God. It begins to give you God thinking. It begins to give you God acting. It begins to give you God addictions. You know what a God addiction is? Oh, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever is what David said. He said, just to be a doorman in the house of the Lord is all I want. That's what David said. Paul said that he was addicted. He used the word addicted in 1 Corinthians. He said, I am addicted to the ministry of the saints. That's all Paul wanted to do. He was addicted. Don't get 
discouraged. The devil will use discouragement against you. Don't get condemned because the devil will use that to stop you. Always renew your mind. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. What's it say? Romans 12, 1. I want you by the mercies of God, brethren. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Bingo! Voila! Yay! How am I going to be transformed? By what? The renewing of my... If I go out and buy a new pair of Air Jordans, I'll be renewed. No! You can't buy this. You don't have enough money to buy this thing. This is from the other side. This is from eternity. This is a power of the world to come. You can't buy this thing. But he said, I am going to be transformed in my life when I renew my mind. When I fix my stinking thinking. When I don't let my mind run away with itself. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. By the renewing of your mind, the condemnation will come. It will not stop. It will come, but it will get easier as you go. Let me ask you this. Those of you who are setting the record right now, is it easier now than it was six weeks ago? Is it easier now than it was a year ago? You can do it. You can do it. I don't know if I can. Yeah, you can. Because a lot of us in here already have. And so can you. You can do this. You're going to have bad days? Oh, yeah. You're going to have bad thoughts? Oh, yes. Are you going to deal with your flesh? Oh, yes. Look at Psalm 42.5. Get that for me, Brother Dennis, real fast. Don't get discouraged. I'm going to try to finish these notes. I know most of you don't believe that. Okay, but I'm going to. Psalm 42.5. What does it say when you get it there, Brother Dennis? Don't get discouraged. Discouraged destroy, discouragement destroys hope. Okay? Read on. 42.5? Yes, sir. Why are you sad? Yeah. Oh, soul, why are you so sad? Yeah. And why art thou disheartened in me? Yes. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the health of his countenance. Hope in God. Don't be sad, soul. Hope in God. Discouragement. The devil wants to throw discouragement. Now you see, before before this, the devil was throwing, you know, crack, weed, meth, Bud Light, whatever at you to keep you tied up. Now he can't do that anymore because you're whipping that. Now he's going to throw discouragement at you, because discouragement will destroy your hope. But I'm going to hope in the Lord. You see how you're progressing? It used to be just the physical addiction. Now you're working on your mind. And when you got your mind, you're renewing it. Let it be, tra be transformed. How do you transform? I'm different than I used to be because I've been transformed. How do you do it? I'm renewing my mind. I'm renewing my mind. How do you renew your mind? Get that book out. 
Get that book out every day. Read something in that Bible. Read something in that Bible. Read something in that Bible. Well, how do you say that in Spanish? I don't know, but read it in your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. Are you hearing me? Well, I don't know what to read in there, Tracy. There's 150 Psalms. Read one of them a day. There is 31 Proverbs. You know how many days there are in most months? 31. Read one or two Psalms a day and read, I'll tell you what, how about this? Read three Psalms a day. That's uh, 150. Read five Psalms a day. Look. Five psalms a day, one proverb a day. You hear me? Five psalms a day, one proverb a day. And if you just get one nugget out of five psalms in one day, then the Lord's going to give you strength. Because you know what Jesus used to whip the devil? He used the word. You know what you're going to use to whip the devil? Get the word in you. Transform your mind. Renewing your mind. How are you going to do it? Transform your mind. I'm going to renew it every day. I'm putting the word in there. Don't listen, don't read. Don't listen to Dr. Phil. Don't listen to Oprah. You know, they're not going to help you because they're not spirit filled. Go back to the book. This is the thing. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. But he said my word will last forever. Five Psalms. One proverb a day. That's going to get you through. Five Psalms, one proverb a day. That's the only way. Five Psalms, one proverb a day. You know what? Brother Tracy, I'm struggling. Have you read? You know what? If you call me and you're struggling, I'm going to say this. Did you do what I told you? What did you tell me? That's why you're in trouble. Because you wasn't listening. I want you to read five Psalms. And I want you to read one proverb a day for the next 30 days and I want to see where you're at then how many of you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription you don't go get a fill and you call him up in two weeks and say I'm still sick duh fill your mind with positive things now do you hear me fill your mind with positive things alright Mark and Dana you want to get ready we're going to get ready to baptize we're going to celebrate with the New Testament church God entered into covenant with Abraham thousands of years ago we are entering into covenant now, and the covenant name is one name. What did he say in Psalm 412? Neither is there what salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. But that at the what? The name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now here's what's going to happen. We're going to baptize Mark and Dana today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you look in your bulletin, I pulled up some scriptures and threw them in there for you. There are other scriptures also. Jesus talked about baptism in Matthew 28, 19. He said, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is Jesus. So how they do it in the book of Acts? They did it in Jesus' name. So we're going to baptize in Jesus' name. They are going to into covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 1 through 4 talks about the gospel is this three elements. Remember, the death, repentance, the burial of Jesus Christ, which is baptism uh, for us, and which is the resurrection, the Holy Ghost. Now, Dana's received the Holy Ghost. Did Mark receive the Holy Ghost last week? I believe he did. Mark and Dana have both received the Holy Ghost. And this is what's going to happen. When I baptize them in that water, it is just symbolic and celebrating them moving into covenant with Jesus Christ. And they are taking the name of Jesus on their lives and they are getting their sins washed away. 
And they're probably going to come up out of the water rejoicing and praising God. They may even speak in tongues. You just never know. I want you to look in, uh, you got your Bibles? I want you to look in uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen real quick. This is the Great Commission. This is what Jesus was said to do here. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go ye therefore. Okay, we're going to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Find John 5.43. Everybody find John 5.43. John 5.43, what does it say? This is Jesus talking here. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. And you received him not. Okay, so who did Jesus come in? His Father's name. So what's the name of the Father? Jesus. All right, now look in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 real quick. This is the angel, I believe. And she shall bring forth the Son... Thou shalt call the son's name what? Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the name of the father is Jesus. The name of the son is Jesus. Yes. Now let's find the name of the Holy Ghost. John fourteen twenty six. This will be in red letter also. That means the man was talking. The name of the Holy Ghost is? Drum roll, please. John fourteen twenty six. Yes, sir. But the comforter. Which is the Holy Ghost. Oh, whom the Father is going to send in my name. So what, what name is the Father going to send the Holy Ghost in? Jesus' name. So the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. And the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. So how do the apostles baptize? Acts 28, 2, 38, 41. This is in your bulletin. Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. They all did it in the name of Jesus Christ. Because they were sitting there listening to him and they said... This is how we got to do it. Boom. All right. So come on up, Mark and Dana. We're going to baptize. This is awesome. Is anybody excited? I'm excited.